spending more money on your health service actually saves lives. This is the reassuring finding coming out of a study of Britain's National Health Service. It's been written up in the Journal of the Royal Society of Medicine by scientists from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. I asked Professor Martin McKee what they did in the study and what the findings imply for Britain and other countries trying to improve the efficiency of health systems. We were interested in the results that could be seen after the increase in spending in the National Health Service in England after 1999. Now, the National Health Service in the United Kingdom is divided uh, separately into the four countries, England, Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland. Historically, there was much more generous funding for Scotland and Northern Ireland than there was for England and Wales. But after 1999 the funding in England caught up with that. We wanted to see what happened as a result. A lot of people worry, though, whether just giving money to a health system necessarily makes it more effective. What did you find? Well, that certainly has been a concern, and the government, the current government, has made much of the fact that in its measures of efficiency, the additional money put in by the last government did not seem to have led to much of an improvement. They were measuring the numbers of patients treated, so simply the number of people coming into hospitals hospitals and leaving hospitals, but that tells us nothing about what happens to those patients. That was what we were really interested in. Now, you've been looking at something, a very interesting concept, unnecessary deaths. How do you define that and how did you measure it and what did it tell you? This is a concept called mortality amenable to medical care or avoidable mortality, it's sometimes known as. We've been doing work on this for quite a long time and in fact, although the concept was initially discovered in the 1970s with my colleague uh, Ellen Nolte, uh, we've really uh, brought about a, a renaissance in its use and this measure has actually now been accepted by the British government as its preferred outcome. It relates to conditions where death should not occur if the health system is working. Diabetes, appendicitis, that sort of thing. So what did you find in comparison between the two parts of the United Kingdom, England and Wales, as compared with Northern Ireland and Scotland? We find that in the earlier period between 1990 and 1999, avoidable mortality, amenable mortality, was falling more slowly in England than it was in Scotland and Northern Ireland. And at that time, Scotland and Northern Ireland were better resourced. But then after 1999, when the money came uh, into England in, in larger uh, amounts, we saw the, decl- the improvement accelerate considerably in England. So it caught up with what, was, what had been happening in Scotland and Northern Ireland. So the lesson of this seems to be that if you do it, if you apply the money correctly, then funding really does equal success in efficiency. I think there's been a general recognition, at least outside the United Kingdom, that the NHS has been underfunded for many years. Uh, Our level of expenditure is still below the European Union average. And this study certainly demonstrates that the additional money did make a difference. It did actually save lives. Now, what are the lessons that can be learned? and not only for Great Britain but for other countries hoping to optimise their health services and uh, make everything as efficient as possible and save as many lives as possible? Well, one measure is that we should be looking at the ability of health systems to save lives. That's fundamentally why they're there. They're not simply there to uh, have hospitals in every, uh, in every town or whatever. It's not a matter of counting the number of hospital beds to achieve more. What they're there to do is to save lives and we should be measuring that. That's the real outcome of health services. Are you saying that if you measure that, then you will learn what are the correct things to do? You certainly will. And if you don't measure that, then of course, you will have no idea if you're actually making a difference. 
And how much difference can this make? Britain, how well is Britain doing, for instance, in comparison to the rest of the world? We've looked at this in a number of other studies, and if we look back 20 years ago, the United Kingdom did not do well in international terms. But over that period, it has accelerated, it has improved at a faster rate than almost any other industrialised country. It has done remarkably well, particularly when, when it's compared with the United States, where there has been virtually no improvement in the past few decades. Now, in the context of low- and middle-income countries, though, are the priorities the same and what would be the sorts of take-home messages you would give health service planners? It's rather more difficult to do this work in many middle-income countries because we do not have the quality of death registration. However, we have looked at it in our work in the former Soviet Union, and there we can see, for example, that the rates of deaths from these conditions were broadly similar in England and Wales and in Russia in the mid-1960s, at a time when health systems could not make much of a difference, but since then they diverged, and we saw the steady improvement in Western Europe, particularly because of the mass treatment of conditions like hypertension and uh, chronic airways disease and so on, the conditions that people tend to get in middle age and require long-term treatment. That really made a difference. So what's the one or two things that you would urge health service planners to be thinking about right now? Well, I think they should be measuring their outcomes uh, to understand w what they're achieving and what they're not achieving. But if we then look at the particular conditions they should be looking for improvements in, hypertension is the obvious one, high blood pressure, because everywhere in the world we see that there are far too many people whose blood pressure is not adequately controlled and we can do much better there. People do, though, worry about bureaucracy and when people are measuring things and saying this has got to be done on this particular plan, maybe bureaucracy will get in the way. What would you say to that? Well, I would say that you can look at the cost of not having the bureaucracy. It's unfortunate that bureaucrats have got a very bad name, uh, but if you uh, look at the alternative, it's anarchy, and that really achieves nothing. Professor Martin McKee from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. For Audio News, I'm Peter Goodwin.